to Top 25 Voter Pod with a couple of Top 25 basketball voters here. We've got Chad Conine, we've got John Werner. Um, guys, welcome back. Good to see y'all. Yeah, it should be noted that uh, we're doing Voter Pod on Inauguration Day. Not that there's anything significant about that, <laughs> but you know. Right. All votes count, right? Right. And yep. Yep. All votes count. That's right. I don't know why I steered us toward politics. That was a bad move. That was a bad move. Let's, <laughs> let's dodge that. But we are trying to uh, embrace the concept of unity here on the podcast. Um, we might Con- lose. What? Unity. Unity. Oh, I thought you said nudity. <laughs> We are really off the rails already. <laughs> and this, this may take us away from unity because we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Baylor men's basketball team who beat Chad's Texas Tech Red Raiders and then, of course, on Big Monday beat Kansas. Uh, so, guys, um, if Baylor goes on and beats Oklahoma State this weekend on the road, uh, you know, the fighting Cade Cunninghams, does that make mm-hmm. – Baylor number one. I I think they have a real good argument if if they do beat Oklahoma State. Coming off wins over Tech in Kansas, two top 25 wins. And uh, Gonzaga's best games are behind them now. You know, of course, they played some really good teams, beat Kansas, West Virginia, uh, Illinois, beat really good teams. But the teams they have coming up aren't even – nobody's getting – even votes in the top 25 in the West Coast Conference. So I think Baylor's got a a decent shot. I I don't think they'll get over the hump yet because uh, Gonzaga had had 62 out of 64 first-place votes in the last poll. So it'll be hard, but they'll definitely get a lot more. Chad? Well, I think – I think Baylor is the hottest team in the country right now. I mean, in, in terms yeah. of beating good teams and playing and looking unstoppable. Now, obviously the goal of college basketball is not to be unstoppable on January the 20th, but you know, you, you gotta give them, you gotta give them credit for being, for being really hot. Also, uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but um, you know, the game knockout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love yeah. knockout. Yeah. You know, if, you know what they call it now? If you play knockout from three-point range? What's that? Baylor basketball practice. <laughs> Chad, Chad was thinking that they were hitting some knockout-type shots uh, against the Red Well, and, and, and I'm making fun of them a little bit because they do shoot a lot. Of, in fact, they, they haven't shot more than anybody else in the Big 12, but they're shooting 42% right now. And, Hey, if, if they shoot 42% for the next two months from three-point range, they're probably going to win the national championship. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, one thing I wrote in my column the other day was uh, when they're hitting threes like that, you're not going to beat them. And mm. just exactly what Chad just said. So, but, uh, so I, but I am making fun of them, but then I have to make fun of myself a little bit. And I'll, I'll bring up this, this golf book reference or a golf reference uh, in a book called The Match, which is probably the best golf book that I've ever re- read. Um, but uh, they're talking about this one match between a guy named Frank Stranahan and another guy named Harvey Ward. And Frank Stranahan was kind of this, like, uh, you know, he was like the best amateur in the country. And they were playing this match, and he was getting really mad. He was also kind of a guy they made fun of a lot. 
he got real mad at Harvey Ward because he was sinking everything. And he said, you know, if you couldn't putt, you wouldn't even be in the game, you know? Yeah. Which is huge. I mean, it's just a ridiculous thing to say because, I mean, that's the main part of golf, right, is to make putts. So, anyway. Yeah. So. Make, make credit, sure. Credit is putts. Due. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so John mentioned 62 out of 64 voters are, are going Gonzaga. So I, I don't see Baylor getting number one anytime soon. That said, the big 12 is certainly a stronger conference than the, what is Gonzaga in West coast, West coast conference. That's what I was going to say. That's what I had. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think Baylor has a chance to move up by by the season's end. You know. Oh yeah, it, for sure. As yeah. they get through maybe the second round of the Big Twelve, but that also necessitates them continuing to win, and that won't be easy either. Right. Uh, and I yeah. think if, if Gonzaga, this goes without saying, but if Gonzaga were to stumble and lose, then that certainly opens the door for Baylor. Um, so let's move on to women's basketball and the Lady Bears. And, of course, uh, Kim Mulkey's team lost uh, their long 61-game home winning streak. Uh, Iowa State upset them last Saturday. And after the game, Kim, you know, generated some headlines with some comments that she made about uh, saying that college basketball is still being played uh, during the pandemic – because of the almighty dollar and, uh, you know, the almighty dollar that the NCAA men's basketball tournament generates. Um, so my question to you guys is, you know, do you think it's still worth playing even, you know, as we play out in a pandemic and there's pauses and delays and postponements? Well, let me contextualize uh, that comment because, you know, probably the a- probably Stephen Hawkins from AB did put it in context and why, why she said that. But, uh, you know, one of the uh, reporters that was on there asked her how she felt about playing in, the, in, in these circumstances and in, in this situation. And it was after, you know, it was after she had answered questions about Iowa State and about how they played and about, you know, about everything surrounding it. And then she just said, do you want my honest answer or do you want the PC answer? You know, and, and no reporter is ever going to say, well, just give us the PC answer and we'll just go right on down the road, you know? So, uh, so that's kind of why she launched into that. And I didn't take it so much as, um, as should we be playing? It's, it was more like, well, you know, they're going to get through the NCAA men's tournament because they, they need the revenue from the NCAA men's tournament. Now, uh, I, I mean, I love college basketball. I always have. I, you know, um, was really looking forward to this season for a long time. It's been disappointing that it hasn't really been a complete season and hasn't, and it has had interruptions. Uh, but I don't think anybody wants to not do it, you know. And, and I kind of compare it to, you know, you're playing around. Going back to golf, you know, you can see tell, tell where my head's at. But going back to golf, you know, sometimes you go out there and play and you have a rain delay in the middle of the round, or you make a quadruple bo- bogey and break a club or, you know, the drink girl doesn't come around enough with the drink cart, you know, <laughs> but Chad, do you break many clubs? You quit playing, you know, you, you finish out the round, you know, and it's still, it's still you're still out there playing golf and it's still fun, but it may, may, so it's not perfect circumstances. And, and, and this college basketball season is a long way from ideal circumstances, but it's, 
you know, still fun. I mean, I heard the atmosphere out there at the Ferrell Center the other night was was pretty good and probably not that different from a, from a normal non-Kansas home game for them. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely think they should be playing. Uh, I mean, the pauses are frustrating. I think Kim probably said that a little bit out of frustra- frustration because they haven't been able to play for a while. They hadn't even been able to practice. Uh, but, yeah, it's just a strange year. And, uh, you know, like football, if, uh, if you can just get some games in now and then, I, I think it's great for everybody. I think, it, you know, the players obviously want to play. You know, the fans want to be there. Um, but yeah, I mean, can you imagine how depressing it would be right now if they weren't playing? I mean, especially like for the players, I mean, that would, that would just be awful to me. And, uh, of course it gives us something to do too. You know, Chad's throwing out golf analogies. I'm going to throw out a church analogy. Oh yeah. My head is at, uh, what's the difference? <laughs> well, you don't break clubs in church. <laughs> So speak for yourself. Uh, if you are attending church in person, you know it looks a lot different than it used to. You know, you have at least at my church, we have you know uh, pew, then no pew, then pew. You know, I mean, uh, and uh, you know where you can sit, and and uh, you know one family in the bathroom at a time, and uh, obviously we're not shaking hands and hugging and doing all that kind of thing. And and I go back to something that I think Chad said a lot during football season, which was it's better than nothing. You know, I mean, uh, if you think back to when, when we were just doing virtual church, um, you know, that left a lot to be desired. And so, yeah, I agree that um, sports during a pandemic, it's not what we're used to and it's not what we really love i mean it's not the perfect you know situation but it's it is better than nothing and it's uh and I, to me it's absolutely worth playing and i think most of these organizations from you know the ncaa to the nba to the major league baseball have done a pretty good job of navigating how to how to get through it i mean you're going to have some delays and some postponements but um you know, it's, it, that's inevitable. You know, to have some level of grace toward the NCAA, which isn't something that I have very often, I've <laughs> bashed them more often than not. But I mean, you know, Major League Baseball, the NBA and the NFL, they've got 32 teams in most cases to legislate, to administrate and all of that stuff. And I mean, NCAA is so sprawling and, and maybe that's a big part of all of its problems, you mm. know, that, the time it takes to enforce its rules. I mean, not, I mean, division one basketball, there's what 300 something schools, right? Right. And, and so then you got three divisions. And, and so, I mean, and they all have to follow rules. I mean, just because somebody's division two or division three doesn't mean they don't have to follow some rules, you know? So, uh, and, and, and to, you know, the testing thing is the biggest thing to me where they they I think they had to do it to to kind of appease certain groups about whether or not they played. But I mean, to I mean, high school football and, and, and Kim brought up high school football the other day. She asked, you know, did they do testing in, in high school football? And they didn't, you know, um, and I don't think there was any difference between the level of stoppages in high school football 
except for there, there were fewer. But in terms of breakouts that were associated with this team or that team, but, but they didn't test. But I feel like the NCAA and, and pro sports, they had to test as a sort of PC measure to appease certain groups about whether or not they played. And, and, it, and you know, on the, you know, government level, the federal government level, they never did come up with any sort of uh, law that said you can't sue somebody if you get COVID somewhere, you know, and that and that probably kept a lot of things from happening. Um, that could have happened in a different way, like fans at Lambeau Field, you know. Right. And not to get too deep in the weeds on this subject, but if you think about us a year ago in this same, you know, going through last season and, and you know, COVID wasn't even on our radar. Here we are a year later and having all these discussions about how do we navigate it? Well, I think everyone's trying to navigate it about as best as you can. You know, this is mm. unprecedented territory. Uh, know, I remember interviewing Kalani Brown uh, about this time a year ago, and and she was home from her Chinese professional team because you know COVID was, had become a major issue there, and so they weren't going back or whatever until they got that sorted out and. You know, you feel like you're just such a, a dupe at this point, you know, being, oh, that's interesting that they have that problem. Well, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. six weeks later, it's like, yeah, everything's done. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a different time, a simpler age, as I said in my column mm -hmm. the other day. Um, so back to basketball. Um, in the men's poll, uh, several of the blue bloods in college basketball, including Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, and Louisville, uh, are not in the top 25. Um, do you guys feel like this is pandemic related or, you know, is it just that there's more parity across, you know, men's basketball? Yeah, I think it's both. Um, you know, Kentucky, to me, they're going to be erratic a lot of years. I mean, they usually make the tournament, but they've got new guys in every year. So they've got to rebuild that chemistry. And this year they, they haven't had much chemistry at all. They're, they're four and eight and they lost six straight games uh, coming into the sec. So, and, and uh, you know, you probably saw Calipari complain that he's the one to blame for this because of the tough schedule. But the thing is they play a pretty tough schedule every year. I just don't think they've got the team this year, you know, the chemistry. And I think probably the pandemic has had something to do with that. Irregular practices, postponed games, that kind of thing. And uh, this is another thing I looked up. Uh, Duke and uh, uh, North Carolina, this is the first time since 82 that at least one of those teams haven't been in the poll. It's crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Duke Duke has had more COVID problems in North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina's eight and five. Uh, Duke is five and four. They went about a month without playing at one point, and uh, you know they they just lost to Pittsburgh. So uh, I think they're just kind of an average team this year, and uh, you know pandemic might have something to do with that. But uh, but yeah, it's Louisville's a good team. They're nine and three. They're they're. I think they were 26 this week. So uh, they're a good team. I, I, I think they'll probably be back in the poll pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Well, you, you know, you look at factors um, 
North Carolina isn't as much of a one and done program mm -hmm. as say like Duke and Kentucky and, and, and maybe Louisville. Uh, Louisville might be a little bit in the middle, but you know, when you had guys making decisions, whether or not to come back for another year, a year ago, whether or not to play a college season, you know, that might've impacted um, whether or not guys come back. You know, it, it's, it's interesting in the last three seasons, since Zaire Smith left early from Texas Tech after his sophomore year in 20, in 2018, Texas Tech has had two guys leave early. I mean, Jemias, well, three guys leave early, Zaire Smith and then Jarrett Culver and then Jemias Ramsey after his freshman year last year. But also another huge factor for Texas Tech and, and you know, not comparing Texas Tech to Duke, but I mean, here's just one angle. Davide Moretti would have been a senior this year, right? Mm. Not going to the NBA, but because of the – uncertain nature of this college basketball season Davide Moretti went home to Italy during the during the shutdown last year and was like you know what probably just easier to play pro ball here and start making a living you know mm -hmm. and you know do you think I think maybe some guys went to the G League in fact there was a uh there was one guy Jonathan Kaminga that uh opted to go to the G League instead of going you know, picking between some of the top programs in the country this year. And so, you know, you had probably decisions like that that, that impacted those schools. And then obviously, I mean, you know, when, when you're dealing with a brand new crop of guys every year, you need to beat up on some Winthrop's of the world, you know, to get your legs under you probably. You know, I think the pandemic though has actually helped Baylor. I think there's a probably a pretty good chance Jared Butler would have been gone, you know, if they had had, uh, you know, if he could have worked out for teams and that kind of thing. Uh, but, yeah, it's probably just affected teams different ways, whether they came back or, or left. Hmm. It is weird, though, to, to look in that top 25 and not see a Duke or a North Carolina or a Kentucky. I mean, um, you know, that, that 82 stat that you mentioned, John, that's uh, that's pretty mind-blowing. Chad and I were just little kids. Uh, you were, what, in your 10th year at the trip in 82? Yeah, I was a, <laughs> a haggard veteran. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. So Actually, that was my first year at the trip. <laughs> uh, yeah, 82, that was a fun year. North Carolina was really good in 82. They won the national title. Michael Jordan. Um, so, guys, as mentioned, you are both top 25 voters. So, when you're looking at, like, teams 26 through, I don't know, 29, or, you know, those teams are just sort of on the fringe of making the poll. And, um, you know, maybe – maybe each week, uh, you know, as you're sort of putting together your poll, you have a few of those teams at the end of the poll that you're kind of looking at. What is it that sort of propels that, that team that may be 27 one week into, you know, into the poll the next? Well, I had a very um, relevant to all of our topics decision to make this week on that. And, and I was, as I was doing my poll on Sunday night, I just thought, man, I have a lot more sympathy for these voters when I'm putting together a poll like this, because there was a lot of movement in the women's poll. Uh, Stanford and Baylor both lost um, a lot, a lot of, you know, six through 16 teams uh, lost the game or they would beat one top 25 and lose to another, that type of situation. And so then it came down to 
you know, I kicked one team out and I had, so I had to bring one team in. And so I looked at, uh, in fact, matter of fact, I got it around here somewhere. The list of schools that I made. Well, here it is. So here, here's like sort of, I don't know how well you can see it, but there, there's like my cheat sheet or my scratch. Mm -hmm. huh? You're going to have to bring it closer. Wait a minute. See, like, yeah. Anyway, it's you probably that, can't read it. I mean, it's quite in, as bad as John's handwriting. <laughs> well, it's written in my. Not only is it written in my handwriting, it's written in like very intricate like code that only I can decipher. Ah. But uh, but let's look at it here. I evaluated Iowa State, Nebraska, Syracuse, Gonzaga, and DePaul. None of which I had in the top twenty-five. Now, uh, Syracuse, Gonzaga, and DePaul are on other people's ballots because they're in the top twenty-five, but. Um, you know, and, and when it came right down to it, Iowa State has won six out of seven, including a top 10 win. And to me, that 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 boosted them into into the poll. Now, I wasn't the only one who thought that because I voted them. Uh, I might have voted them 24, actually, and then they were in the poll at at uh, at 24. So um, so they got in there. But that's to, and that was because, you know, that that little who's the hottest team right now? And the, the NCAA basketball tournament, you know, at times they've said that they look at the last 10 games and, and they want to get, you know, the teams that are playing the best basketball right then, you know, in the tournament. So that was, you know, winning six out of seven was a determining factor for me this week. Now, normally it would be like, oh, this team's won 12 games, but no top 25 wins. Or this team's won 10 games, but they've beaten two top 25 teams. So that that's a big thing to me. In fact, I left Gonzaga out because Gonzaga has a really good record there. Um, 12 and two, but they hadn't beaten the top 25 team and they lost to South Dakota state. And so I've got South Dakota state in my poll. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I think uh, teams from power conferences uh, usually have a better chance if they're sitting right outside the top 25, because if they beat a top 25 team, like say a big 10 team or a big 12 team, um, there's a, a decent chance you know, they might get in, uh, especially if they beat two top 25 teams in one week. Now, say a, a team from a, a lesser known conference, somebody like St. Louis, they're number 25 this week. Um, they're likely not going to beat a top 25 team because there's not a top 25 team in their league. So with them, it's almost like they've got to put a string together, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10 wins, something like that. And uh, to me, that's a lot harder to get into the poll when you're in that position, because, you know, you're, you're going to notice teams that, that upset somebody, especially like you said, Chad, like a top 25 team. So uh, yeah, to me, it's either like, you know, you get attention by upsetting a top 25 team or, or you have a really long winning streak. Good, good uh, thoughts. Good breakdown there. And next week we're going to have a special guest star. I didn't tell you all this. It's going to be uh, Tom Hanks and we're going to crack Chad's code uh, <laughs> <right there. laughs> and uh, figure out, you know, figure out what all his little secret symbols mean. Yeah. Angels and demons too. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you viewers next week.